At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, folks. Live Bet Sunday presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll be with you every single Sunday. Now, starting next week, we're going to be getting started right when the football games get started at 10 a.m. Pacific time. This week, though, of course, we're an hour early. And starting next week, too, we will be following one Brent Musburger, who is going to get his stint started back again. Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff will be with you every single Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific time to get you ready for the NFL week of action. But we're with you today. we got a good show on tap. Got a lot of football to get to since we don't have much college football and we're a week away from the NFL season. A little less Thursday is when it gets started. We're going to do a lot of football, take a look at week one, where these line moves are, some futures as well. And we got a great slate of guests to break all of that down and more, both from a college football and a pro football perspective. Brad Spielberger is going to get us started in about 30 minutes from now as we're going to talk from him for Pro Football Focus about some of the projections that PFF's got and what Brad thinks about the upcoming NFL season. With that, let's talk a little bit about what we saw yesterday because it was quite the day in college football. Uh, you know, it's funny. You kind of, at least me, I tend to forget how deep these slates really are. And this morning, you're going through all the results. You're like, oh, yeah, we had about 51 college football games yesterday that had numbers available. It was absolutely wild. Uh, But a day in which was uh, a little chalky over the large stretch of things. Favorites yesterday over the 51 games, 41 and 10 straight up, 29 and 22 against the spread. These are the games with spreads that were widely available. And a slightly lower scoring day as the unders had the advantage, 29 to 22. Uh, But a lot of really good results to kind of expand on as we talk about what happened yesterday in college football. And first and foremost, I think I wanted to start at the top, and that would be Ohio State took on Notre Dame. 21-10 was the final score. And it's funny because all of the preseason premonitioning, right, all of these pundits and uh, me among them, 
thought that Ohio State was this team, along with Alabama, in a tier of their own. And I think the final score, and watching that game throughout, you kind of got like those, those like reminiscent of, remember the Purdue game a few years ago for Ohio State at night? Uh, we're talking about last year, the Oregon game as well, maybe a little bit true in terms of Michigan, where you saw some physical play from their opponent. Notre Dame's defensive line I thought was really good at times yesterday. And you saw Ohio State kind of, Wilt is strong, but not perform to the level that you expected. But I do think that when you watched yesterday, and I put out a tweet uh, somewhat in jest in terms of looking at the top tier, right? And we were always talking about, man, it's these two and everybody else. And my joke was, ah, you know what? Maybe it's just Alabama. But to be fair to Ohio State, outside of what Notre Dame did well, it doesn't really help uh, when some of your best players, like Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba, who goes down really early in that game after a really rough hit on the sideline. Uh, he got his bell rung a little bit and, of course, doesn't come back late and finishes only with two receptions, three yards, as long as, of course, was a four-yard, and he actually lost a yard on another reception. So that doesn't help you at all. So you lose some pieces offensively. You kind of saw that, right? C.J. Stroud didn't look comfortable with some of the dudes that were filling in until a little bit later in the game. And I think that kind of speaks to what happened to Ohio State yesterday. And look, let's hear from Ryan Day, who after the game was actually asked about his offense's ineffectiveness, and he just flat out almost refused to answer. I refuse to answer that question right off the bat. <laughs> we just beat the number five team in the country by 11 points. And when you... You know, really, when you look at the last four teams that we played, I think all four teams were in the top ten. And this is a top five team. It's not easy to do. It's hard. And we just beat the number five team in the country by 11 points. And I couldn't be any prouder of our team and the way that our team played, especially in the fourth quarter. A lot of people question our toughness going into the offseason. Well, I mean, you have to watch the film and you make your decisions if you thought that team was tough tonight. Now, I will say that I do think it's a little bit of a cop-out to reference the rankings. I think we all kind of know rankings don't really mean anything at all, especially at this early point of the season. But it's nice for a coach like Ryan Day to be able to point to it and say, hey, we beat the number five team by 11 points. Uh, I think it's a ridiculous crutch to lean on. Having said that, I also don't really think that there's anything to worry about when it comes to Ohio State offensively as we move forward here with the Buckeyes. They're going to have plenty of time. You would you would think that Smith and Jigba is actually going to be healthy as you move along. It did seem like he was going to be okay. So some time off and lesser opponents as you move forward, you'll be able to get right. Your offense will look a little bit better. So I'm not going to be overly concerned. And the other part of this, too, that they deserve a ton of credit for, this looked like a different Ohio State defense. Uh, Ohio State generally in the last few years had looked really, really bland when it came uh, to their defensive schemes, right? Dropping guys in coverage, not really getting aggressive in terms of uh, blitzing and stunting, things like that. Jim Knowles did a tremendous job, I thought, when you looked at the coordination of this defense yesterday. We saw tons of stunts and twists up front. You saw aggressive play defensively when it came to sending some extra pass rush or things of that nature. The physical nature of that defensive line overall, I thought, really stuck out. I mean, look at some of the numbers from Notre Dame, who had an offensive line, by the way. It's got five returning starters, looked way better uh, on paper, at least coming into this year. 2.5 yards per attempt on the ground, just 76 total yards. It was a really dominant performance for Ohio State up front. So overall, when you're looking at this thing for Ohio State, I, I'm not going to be overly concerned with the offense, given the injuries that took place early on in that game. And from a defensive standpoint, I think you come away even more impressed with the Buckeyes, at least I do, from what you saw from a season ago. So overall, kind of a moot point, right? It was a poor offensive showing, but their defense really did look much better than it did a season ago from a schematic standpoint and from just a physical aggression standpoint. And I think you just come away thinking the exact same thing you thought about Ohio State. Did they cover? No. And can we just note, too, by the way, really quickly, 
there were a lot of funny decisions yesterday in terms of coaching. This is why I love football, because coaching decisions are a lot more magnified uh, in football, and it makes a difference. Marcus, Freeman for Notre Dame deciding to just give up on the game. You're down by less than you're down by 11 points with less than five minutes left to go. And Notre Dame decides to punt the ball away and they never get it back. I don't understand the thinking and I get it. I think it was about fourth and 21, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. You're down by two scores with less than five minutes left to go. You don't have a choice. You go for it there. But Notre Dame decided, hey, you know what? Almost along the lines of Ryan Day was thinking. We went to Ohio State. It was the number two team in the country. We only lost by 11 points. Maybe that's the thinking, but I thought it was an absolutely ridiculous decision to punt and essentially quit on the game with less than five minutes left to go for the Fighting Irish. And I'll say this for Notre Dame. I think defensively, you're coming away feeling really good, especially about your front seven and how great they looked. Uh, But Ty Buckner in this Notre Dame offense, I do think there is some concern because some of their big explosive plays were results of either broken coverages or missed tackles. There was no real consistency there from Notre Dame on the offensive side. It's a really good opponent, so we'll see as we move forward because they have an interesting game next week against Marshall how much better they can look. But Marshall's not really a team to sneeze at in terms of group of five standing at least, and I wasn't really impressed with Buckner and the Irish. Now, from there, best game yesterday by far. Florida-Utah completely lives up to the hype. Absolutely tremendous contest. Not a second of that game did you think that you wanted to walk, look away from it. 29-26, your final score. Gators get a big win as an underdog at home against the Utes. And I still think, too, kind of along the lines of what we're talking about with this Notre Dame and Ohio State contest, which is you don't come away thinking much differently about Ohio State. And I think you think that about Utah, right? Yes, we talked about this yesterday on Live Bet Saturday. When home field actually really matters in these games – Laying two and a half, three earlier in the week and early on when that number was available. Does that seem like a little bit much for Utah, even though they are really good? Yeah, but you had multiple goal-to-goal situations. I think there were two of them in which they came away with zero points. There was a fourth down stand, and there was a turnover at the end of the game. That's something that is going to bite you in close contests like this. And they didn't look overwhelmed in any way whatsoever. I thought it was a very good performance from Utah. It was just a much better performance from Florida. And that guy right there, Anthony Richardson, was absolutely tremendous. 45-yard run. He had three touchdowns on the day on the ground, 106 yards and 11 carries. Richardson and the Gators looked tremendous, I thought, on offense. Very, very good. And there were some mistakes. Uh, There was at one point where Richardson rolls out to his left and tries to force a pass across his body. He gets dropped by a Utah defender, should have been intercepted. Didn't really look fantastic. And he was only 17 to 24, 168 yards. You don't want to overreact too much. But... When you look at what this team was able to do and their offense in terms of running a lot through play action, making sure that Richardson was comfortable, 283 yards on the ground for Florida, 7.3 yards per attempt and four total touchdowns, again, three of which came courtesy of Richardson, I think you come away that maybe, just maybe, this Florida team is set for a slightly better year than you've initially thought. Now, I think when you look going forward, they got a big game coming up, and we're going to open up uh, our college line reveal show actually coming up in a couple of hours. So we're going to look at those lines when they get first posted. Um, But when we get to look at what this adjustment's going to be for Florida and Kentucky, who will take each other on next week, we'll get to see what the respect has and the market has for this Florida team. And you're going to have a lot of questions answered because these are two consecutive games, which are relatively tough. Yes, you get to open them up at home, but still – How does Anthony Richardson now look for a second consecutive week? And with this offense now on tape, what does this look like with a guy like uh, Stoops being able to get ready for an offense like this? But regardless, for me, you come away kind of thinking the same thing with Utah. And I think when it comes to Florida, I think you think a little bit more about Anthony Richardson and what the Gators can potentially do this season. He's as low as now 15-1 to to win the Heisman in some spots after yesterday. You can still get him at about 25-1. to 
But when you're talking about this grand scheme of things, when it comes to the Heisman race and where these other candidates are going to come from, not to say that Richardson is going to win this thing, uh, but he definitely looks like he could be a contender. Now, this schedule's tough, but it lightens up after Kentucky because we're talking about a home game against South Florida, on the road against Tennessee, and then Eastern Washington, Missouri before a home game against LSU. Three out of those four games, you have an opportunity, if you're Anthony Richardson and the Gators, to put up some really big numbers. So we'll see if that's going to be the case and this Heisman candidacy can actually start to take off in the next month. But a really good performance, I thought, from Florida overall for a team that had a win total of seven. That's a really big win to get that as an underdog at home against the Utah Utes. All right, with that, a couple of others to hit on really quickly. First off, again, you don't want to overreact too much, right, from a lot of these. You know, you talk about adjustments and power ratings, and football is a small sample size sport. So you don't want to be too slow on the draw when it comes to adjusting your power ratings. But I will say this, uh, when it goes back to, right, bringing it back to where we began, which is Alabama and Ohio State in a tier of their own, I think it's safe to say that we can take Georgia from that like tier on its own and put them with those two. Georgia looked really, really, really good against Oregon. And that's a decent Oregon team, especially up front, offensively and defensively. But to score on your first seven drives the way that Georgia did in that game, when you look at what they were able to do defensively against Oregon and make Bo Nix in this offense look completely average. Nix, 21 of 37, 173 yards, two interceptions. This Georgia team... Looks really, really good. So I would watch out. And I, again, not in the grand scheme of, hey, they're better than Alabama and Ohio State. But again, maybe, just maybe, they're on the same tier with those other teams. By the way, great stand from Georgia to keep that game under the total. All right, we got a lot left to get to here on a live bet Sunday. Let's take a look at week one of the National Football League when we come back. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, 
and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You heard it live bet Sunday here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Again, a reminder, in this time slot starting next week, it'll be Brent Musburger and his countdown to kickoff. Uh, we will be here on Sunday, but we'll kick off with the NFL games at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And again, Everybody in the middle, do the own conversion. I can't do it. Um, but we'll be here at the start of the NFL games on Live Bet Sunday. Today, uh, we're just filling in for an extra hour till Brent takes over next week. And next week is the kickoff for the NFL season. So let's talk a little NFL uh, because we'll have a full slate of games when we're with you at this time next week. And let's just start with this because it's a great thing to point out here that of the 16 games we are going to see in week one, we have 11 road favorites. Now, initially, that might seem like a lot, and I know a lot of people like to circle, in general, the home underdog when it comes to football. Here's the thing, and Patrick and Michael hit on this a little bit. So here's a VSIN Pro tip for you. By the way, if you want more of these VSIN Pro tips, hit up the website, vsin.com. You can click on the betting resources tab, and right there, bam, Pro tips. You can get a list of all the pro tips that everybody on the network gives you. Uh, home field in the National Football League, and I would say in professional sports in general, it's not worth as much as you think anymore. And I think that this is something where you don't want to overvalue home field advantage. But specifically, since we've got the NFL coming, in the National Football League. You know, I like to do a little exercise. If you've ever watched any of the shows that I've done, uh, I will do things like market power ratings. Uh, if you go up on the website under the NBA tab, one of the more recent articles that I wrote up there uh, was evaluating the market power ratings for the NBA. What market power ratings are is essentially taking the spreads that are up, calculating for home field, and finding out where the market, or these odds makers, or now at this point, betters, because betters have had their hands all over these week one lines, where the market values and rates some of these teams. And how you do that is you use home field. For the NBA, I used one and a half points for home court advantage. It came out to 1.57 last year. 
depending on how you evaluate home field in the National Football League from a year ago, on this, I think it's from like 1.3 to 1.7 points in terms of home field. How I calculate home field, and shout out to Jeff Vogel who helped me out a lot uh, in the early years in terms of doing this, the median result of all of the games that we see on home fields gives you an idea of how much home field is worth. And so last year came out to just over one and a half points. So keep that in mind. Do not overvalue home field. Do not look at some of these teams and immediately think, okay, well, Ravens are seven on the road against New York. So if they're on a neutral, that means the Ravens are 10 points better. It's not like that anymore. Travel's easier. These guys have played football since they essentially came out of the womb. This is not what it used to be, right? We were laughing about this the other day. It's not Spirit Airlines. It's not going on a plane in a tiny little tube with no Wi-Fi and cardboard chairs going across the uh, the country. It is way different for a lot of these teams. So with that, let's start a little bit uh, with our first game, Buffalo at Los Angeles. Now keep this in mind, and I thought this was somewhat funny because I wrote for our NFL guide, which by the way, that's out now. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. It's up there for subscribers. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, far and away, rated as the best team in the National Football League. If you poll 20 people, 19 of them will probably tell you that the Bills are the best team in the NFL. They're Josh Allen on the cover of our NFL guide. Uh, And yet I, who wrote up the AFC East, if you open it up and the Bills are the first team that you look at for a team profile, you'll see under 11 and a half as the recommendation. And it speaks to my overall thoughts with this Bills team. I think the Bills are very good. I think arguably they're the best team in the National Football League, but you hear the hesitancy in my voice. The degree to which the market has belief in this Bills team is where I kind of draw the line, which brings us here to the Buffalo Bills on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Again, one and a half points for home field, not really a big deal. But now we're floating around a key number here for the Buffalo Bills, and I will tell you this. If this number gets to three, consider me a Los Angeles Rams fan to a greater extent than I already am because I did use the Rams on the leg of a teaser, which we'll get to momentarily. But I think this Bills team is good. But I always come in with a mindset, very generally put, These teams in the National Football League, the good ones, they're not as good as we think they are, and the bad ones are not as bad as we think they are, right? They're always a little bit closer to the middle than you expect, and I do think that this Bills team, when you look at some of the potential weaknesses, dare I say, for the best team in the National Football League, that are going to be out there for the Buffalo Bills, I think you focus on a run defense that was relatively average in key categories a season ago. That doesn't get much better in terms of what they added along the interior. Von Miller's a really good run defender for an edge guy. But again, when you're talking about potentially getting beat up in power situations when they weren't very good at last year, again, power situations, third and fourth down, two or fewer yards to go, first and goal, you know, two yards and in, or goal to go situation, two yards and in, how, how much you allow to a percentage, how you allow other teams to convert there. They were bottom half of the league in those regards. Uh, open field yards, things like that, essentially big runs. They were in the bottom half of the league in those categories too. Those are things that worry you, especially when you look at the Rams, who I, you know, we think of the Rams as this pass heavy, spread them out kind of attack. Sean McVay's offensive system is predicated on his own running scheme, right? There's a lot that comes off of the running game. This is, I think, a game in which the Rams are not getting the credit that they deserve for being a relatively solid team. And I get it. Stafford's been dealing with the elbow thing throughout the entire offseason that probably dings their power rating to a certain extent. But when you're talking about potentially getting to three, which I believe is going to be the case, there's a couple of spots that have minus two and a half, minus 115, and especially using the Rams as a teaser leg where you can get through two key numbers, right? You can get through three, you can get through seven, you can get this thing up to eight and a half. The Rams, to me, are a very, very viable play by the time we get to Thursday. So I've already used them on a leg with a teaser. The Vikings were the second half of that leg, which we'll talk about maybe a little bit later. 
But I think the Rams are being a little undervalued here. And I think the market comes in overvaluing the Buffalo Bills. So that's the way I would attack this. And we'll talk to a lot of our guests. I mean, on the other side, we're going to talk with Brad Spielberger. We'll see what he thinks about my overall thought process, which is, yes, the deals are good. But the extent to which the market rates them is maybe something that I quibble with. But that's the way that I'm approaching this. From a total standpoint, we haven't really seen a ton of movement. Total opened up 52 and a half. We're sitting at 53 right now when it comes to this total uh, for the Bills and the Rams. I think we're going to start to, as we kind of see here, uh, a trickle of um, uh, over money. I think you see that right in terms of the total right now, going from 52 and a half to 53 in some spots. And keep in mind, too, uh, when it comes to like numbers that are somewhat key, we're not really near anything at this point right now when it comes to the total. 51 is a really key number in the NFL, but we're at 52 and a half and 53, so it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, 55 is somewhat key-ish, but I don't think you're going to get up there either. So there's nothing really floating around the total that's overly concerning, but I do think that the Rams are a little undervalued. So with that, we get to the Sunday slate, and there's a lot of intriguing games here. Baltimore, New York, for example, we don't really have to get into like a really key breakdown, but Baltimore is going to be one of these teams that is, again, a very attractive teaser leg to some, especially if we start to get up to that 7.5 range, right? Because then you can get through, so you can go from 7.5 down to that 1.5 mark, get through those two numbers. I will, I'm willing to bet Baltimore as a 7-point favorite on the road, San Francisco as a 7-point favorite on the road, Indianapolis as an 8-point favorite on the road. Those are going to be three guys. If we talk to any odds maker next week, those are going to be three teams which are one of the most used teams in teaser legs, teasing those road favorites, touchdowns, down to about one, one and a half. And you can't really disagree because you're getting through some of those key numbers. But I wanted to focus on one of the earlier games, uh, which I find very, very interesting. And that's going to be Cleveland, Carolina. We're talking about 459, 460. Carolina is a two and a half point favorite upwards of with a total of 41 and a half. Now, I want to say this. Carolina is a team that I do think is better than the market is giving them credit for. I rate them higher than the market consensus as you look at the market power ratings and if you look at what is expected of them from a win total and a future standpoint. And they're a team that I want to take a position on early in the season in that I am going to support Carolina early on because I don't think they're getting enough credit. This, though, and you always have to pick and choose your spots, this is not one of those spots because I think the market has overreacted to a certain extent here with everything going on with Cleveland. To give you an idea, right? We get the news that Deshaun Watson's not going to start for the Cleveland Browns. Shocking, right? We had no idea that this was going to happen. Cleveland goes from a one, one and a half point favorite to a one, one and a half point dog. It's not really a massive flip to go through zero from like one to one. It's not the biggest change in the world, but it just gives you an idea. Why downgrade Cleveland two points off of news we knew was coming? So now, since that move has happened, we're up to all the way two and a half here for the Carolina Panthers. Could have gotten them very, very, very good price on them early if you bet them uh, in the offseason in the range of, I think, four and a half. I'll check. I think it actually might have been seven when it initially opened up. But still, this is a team that was a very sizable underdog. Over a field goal underdog, the Carolina Panthers, that are now two and a half point favorites. But again, it's a team that I think is better than the market is giving them credit for, but I also think that the market's maybe getting a little overzealous here because at the end of the day, if you're evaluating the rosters, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, I do believe Cleveland to be the better team. And going back to what we talked about with our pro tip, if we're talking about home field being worth one and a half points, do we still think Carolina is currently constructed just because Jacoby Brissett is being started? Jacoby Brissett starting is a better team than Cleveland by a point. I'm just not sure if I'm there yet. So what I want to do here is I want to see first off uh, what's going to happen with this line. Again, just sitting back and waiting to see what the market does. If it gets to three, uh, maybe even a little bit higher, three and a half, you never know. I don't think it would get that high uh, to come in and support Cleveland. 
but also another potential teaser leg where you're talking about teasing this up from two and a half to eight and a half with Cleveland on the road against the Carolina Panthers. We got plenty of other games to get to, uh, but if you take away anything, take away the pro tip home field this year. And as we move forward, it's just not worth that much anymore. It's not that hard to travel, man. They're not me and you. These are demigods, right? They don't get to travel like you and I They don't get stuck in TSA. All right. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more football. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus going to join us next. This is live bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. Football season's here, folks, and we all know this is when the money's made. Nobody knows football like VSIN. Now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber. Get our comprehensive college of pro guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Experts provide profiles of every team, advanced stats, power ratings, and more, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early. You get a discount to 175. You're going to receive both guides, full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Remember, it also includes our basketball guides. I know it's football season, but you get college and pro basketball guides coming up at the times in those seasons come around sign up early man go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options become part of the sports betting network all right let's keep on with the theme national football league brad spielberger of pffs nice enough to give us some time here today uh brad we appreciate the time early on this sunday or at least early for us so uh, i wanted to start here because m- one of my things coming into the season here for the national football league is i agree with the, the for the most part with the consensus thought that the bills are the best team in the nfl my issue is the degree to which the market says they are the best team in the NFL. When you talk about a win total, in some spots heavily shaded to the over, uh, the implied probability of their odds to win the Super Bowl in comparison to some others, that's where I kind of draw the line with the Bills. I wouldn't argue with you if you say they're the best. To what degree are they the best? Am I kind of along the same, like the right path here, or am I getting this wrong? Are the Bills far and away the best team in the NFL? No, I think that's a great point. And I also think if you look at the different conferences, even though I would say the Buffalo Bills are the best team on paper in the NFL, I would give one of those three NFC teams, definitely Tampa Bay, arguably Green Bay, and maybe the Rams, you know, in a repeat scenario, they maybe have a better odds of actually winning the Super Bowl because of an easier path. Whereas the AFC, the Bills are, like I said, the best team, but there are so many teams in Kansas City and the Chargers and maybe the Bengals again, and you know all these really, really good teams that they have to get through to get all the way there. Yep. All right. So with that, I'm glad to hear that. If you would have told me I was wrong and you would have said, no, they're the best team, we would have hung up right now so we can continue this conversation. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some of the things that you've got uh, when it comes to the NFL season. And I want to start immediately with one of these futures that have a division future. I, I really think that the market is kind of sleeping on, again, when we talk about like the subtle differences in these prices, the gap between Tampa Bay and New Orleans and the NFC South, specifically when it comes to the probability of New Orleans winning that division, and not really accounting, I think, for how impactful some of these injuries along the offensive line are for Tampa Bay as you move into the season, I don't really think they're in some of these numbers here. You could still get the Saints at like plus 325 to win this division, and it sounds like you're in on New Orleans here. Yes, it's one of the few futures that I agree with you where the market I don't think has really responded in the correct manner as more and more news comes out where, yes, Tampa's losing their starting center, Ryan Simpson, some other issues along the interior. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have Jameis Winston's ahead of schedule. Michael Thomas did have a minor setback, but apparently is expected to be totally fine for week one. You know, it's just, I, you'd think there would be some contraction there and it would get closer. Um, you know, look, the Buckers should be favored, but I agree with you. There is value. On plus 325, anything above plus 300, I think is good value. It's one of the few division futures 
I still think you should hit before week one begins. So kind of along those lines, uh, when you look at Jameis Winston, your expectations of Jameis coming into that this year, and also, I mean, I, he's up there in terms of the odds to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year, uh, but if they kind of have one of the seasons that's on that spe- the end of the spectrum, right, where it's like a positive year for New Orleans, he's got a very good shot at winning that thing. I mean, I don't think we realize how dire their situation was last year at wide receiver and give yep. it enough respect. And Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, their fringe special teams wide receivers were his number one option. He still was 5-2. and two. He wasn't really slinging the ball. He was kind of, you know, making fewer mistakes, which is also good, but not the Jameis we've come to know and love that's also, you know, throwing it downfield. But now Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, obviously trading all the way up in the draft for Chris Olave. And then they did lose Trevor Penning, their other first-round pick at left tackle, but I did not expect him to start. I think James Hurst was going to be their starter at left tackle, so not super concerned there. Yeah, I think there is a, you know, yes, losing Sean Payton as a head coach is a big loss, but Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, has been there for 15-plus years at this point. There's a lot of stability. All those receivers coming back, a good tight end, and Adam Troutman, obviously Alvin Kamara. There's just, it just there's a lot of pieces in place to have a better year on the offensive side of the football. All right, so with that, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the ta- the teams that are at the bottom tier of the National Football League. A season ago, I, like the, I, would, I don't think a, a lot of people really understand how good of a bet the Lions were as the year went along, right? I think they finished the third best cover rate in the NFL. Absolutely tremendous. And this coming into this year, I've kind of been looking for candidates to be a team that the market is a little too low on from a win total standpoint and from an ATS standpoint. A lot of people have said it's the Houston Texans. Would you agree with that thinking? Yeah, so they have the lowest season win total in the entire NFL at four and a half games, even shaded towards the under, where you can get four and a half over and even. And look, they are a bad football team, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. No, like we talked about, the AFC is a bit more competitive than the NFC, but that AFC South is always the worst division of football. Yes, Jacksonville will take some strides, but I don't think they're a particularly great team. I'm actually fading Tennessee. I like them to bet them not to make the playoffs this year. It's about minus 120 right now. Not a bad bet, in my opinion. I think they've gotten worse this offseason. Obviously, just lost uh, Harold Landry. They're a big impact edge rusher as well. So, you know, and, and the Colts and Matt Ryan, I think, maybe are a, a wild card team. But nevertheless, three simple division. They get the Chicago Bears out of their conference and they get the NFC East as one of the divisions they play outside of the AFC, I think they're going to win six, maybe seven games in a great season. I just I see them going over four and a half. We have them winning five and a half games as a median range outcome. I think it's a solid season win total bet. So I wanted to really quickly, and you kind of maybe answered this in your answer, you brought up the Colts. One of the bets that I have not made yet, and I'm looking for a pretty good price on, if you look at it from a projected win total standpoint, the Colts have, I think, it's the, suckiest, the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Do you think when you look at Indianapolis, there is a path to have a Titans-esque season from a season ago, which is, I don't think they're one of the best teams in the AFC, but could we look up, due to the nature of their schedule, and see Indianapolis with a chance at getting the top seed in the AFC because of the way their schedule breaks down? Again, don't think they're going to be winning the Super Bowl or winning the AFC, but I think the schedule breaks down easy enough to where if you're looking at it and you get the right price, that's a team worth looking at for a top seed in the AFC. Yeah, per our PFF power rankings, they have the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. Yep. That lines up with just using the season win totals. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I think the, the upgrade from a Carson Wentz to a Matt Ryan is significant. This team gives me a lot of shades, frankly, of 
the Colts a couple years ago and Phillip Rivers came over from the Chargers. They battled that playoff game at Buffalo. They could have won that playoff game at Buffalo a couple years ago. And I think it's a very similar team. Just will make the right decisions. Frank Reich is a great head coach. And the defense really will, you know, will continue to play well. Quiddy Pay taking more strides in the defensive line. And they could be, you know, on both sides of the ball, an 11, maybe 12 win team. And maybe that does earn you the one seed like it did for Tennessee last year with injuries around the NFL and things of that nature. So I don't hate that idea. I don't hate that bet. I agree with you. Maybe they don't advance far in the playoffs, but they could have a great regular season if some things break their way. And from a player perspective, you're high on Michael Pittman, no? Very, very high. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite season total, you know, um, you know, player prop is his over 85 and a half reception. I think he's going to have maybe double that in targets. That's your, I, I really do. I mean, their young rookie in Alex Pierce, their second rounder is a solid player. I frankly didn't love him coming out in the draft, but you know, came out of Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter made him look good, I think. And he is a good player, but is he going to make a big impact in the rookie season? I'm not so sure. Obviously maybe a T.Y. Hilton, some of the guys they're always talking to could return, but I think Michael Pittman is the clear number one option in this offense. And I think he's going to have maybe 140, 150 targets. I love the over 85 and a half receptions for him this season. All right. So one of the uglier plays that I, that from a future standpoint that I have made uh, coming into the regular season, and I think it's going to be one where I'm going to look back and be like, man, why did I do this? Uh, I have an over seven wins for the New York Giants this year. It's at a plus price. But if that's going to happen, I need Saquon Barkley to have a somewhat significant season, something we haven't seen for a little bit here. And I think Brian Dable's the guy to kind of unlock this with Barkley. What do you make of Barkley's season? And after that, by extension, what you think of what the Giants could be here under Dable? Yeah, you know, I think Saquon Barkley has a lot to prove entering his fifth-year option season. And I think he still believes, as he probably should, if he has a great bounce-back year, plays very well, Look, is he going to get the, the biggest contract in the NFL and surpass a Christian McCaffrey? Probably not. But he could still play his way into a fairly sizable veteran contract. It's a huge, huge year for him. And their offensive line should be much better. I like the addition of Mark Lewinsky at right guard. They obviously drafted Evan Neal out of Alabama to play right tackle. I think it'll be vastly improved there. They have some receiving weapons for to throw to if he does have some time. I'll tell you this. We have them as the easiest schedule in the NFL. My boss, Eric Eager, who, of course, Runs all of our gambling. He loves their season win total over. I think he has a good amount of money on that over seven. I personally don't love it. Um, I don't hate it, but but he he it's one of his favorite bets of the season. So I know you called it ugly. I think I would agree it's ugly. But hey, an ugly win is still a win, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, hey Brad Spielberger again, uh, Pro Football Focus. Really quickly, we got about like forty-five seconds or so. Um, week one, 49ers minus seven. You're going to lay that, right? Yes, I am. I know it's on the road in Chicago, but that defensive line against this Bears offensive line is maybe the biggest mismatch of all of week one. I mean, it is one of the best units versus one of the worst. Chicago is still finding guys and trying to add talent. I think the 49ers win that game. PFF underscore Brad. Brad, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. It's Live Bet Sunday here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to 25 bucks. Log into your account or download the app. Sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any Major League Baseball game. If you miss only one leg in your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in nevada new york or washington dc 
All right, while college football week one, uh, the vast majority of week one is in the rearview mirror, we actually have two games that will have to be played. And later today, we're going to see LSU take on Florida State, and that's actually subject to one of uh, the more interesting line moves we've seen up to this point. LSU now upwards of a four-point favorite in this matchup with Florida State later today. Let's bring in Brody Miller, LSU beat reporter for The Athletic, who's nice enough to cover some uh, cover this with us here today. So, Brody, first off, thank you very much. Second, uh, let's just start with this. Who is going to be the starting quarterback for the LSU Tigers today, do you think? <laughs> yeah, obviously, Brian Kelly has kept this relatively close to the vest. Uh, but I think most indications, and I don't want to come on too strong because I think this is genuinely being close. And I, I also have the caveat, I genuinely think both quarterbacks play a lot this year. But I think Jane Daniels gets the start as of now for a bunch of reasons, right? One, I think. You know, the mobility you can't deny, especially if you're not sure this offensive line is going to be exactly a strength. I think they want somebody who can kind of neutralize that. But two, I mean, normally when Brian Kelly talks about Daniels, he talks about how, you know, he, he's the best at managing the offense, running the offense, those kind of things. And I think Kelly puts a lot of value on that. And and I think this is going to be a bit of a game managing game against this Florida State defense. So my I lean Jane Daniels. And from what I've heard, whoever it is, it is not going to be a played both that game thing. I, I, from what you know, a few staffers have said, it's going to be that quarterback all game. But I, I'm leaning Jaden Davis. Yeah, well, and it's not like like Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh over there in Michigan is coming out with a two-quarterback system because he's opening up the season with Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Uh, LSU does not have that same thing, and they're favored in this matchup. But again, this action has been late. vast majority of the handle is on the Tigers. So I'll ask you this. If we assume, if we're under the assumption that it is Jaden Daniels here at quarterback, how do you think this offense matches up with a Florida State defense that brings back some pretty solid talent? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because that front, that front seven of Florida State, you know, could create a lot of problems for LSU. You know, LSU's offensive line is, to be fair, kind of tough to predict, right? Because it's it's a completely new starting five, a true freshman left tackle. Granted, a really really good one, a five star, but still, it's a freshman. You know, two transfers. It's just a lot of uncertainty, but at the same time, that could mean it's decent. It could mean it's really bad. And, and I think with Jane Daniels. You know, you're going to get, I think, a little more of a, I'm not going to say conservative, but a little more, you know, take your, take your medicine, get your short game, move the ball, let them run a little bit more stuff like that. I think it's going to be a little more, I think if you pick Nussmeyer, it's a bit of, Hey, let's go score 40 while with Daniels, I guess let's score 30 and control the clock and whatnot. So I do think Florida state probably has the advantage on the line of scrimmage against LSU's offense, but at the same time, LSU's receivers are a clear strength, especially against Florida state. I think, you know, that Malik Neighbors, Kayshawn Butte, you know, Dre Jenkins, Brian Thomas, those guys, is, it's one of the best receiving cores in the SEC. So if Daniels can take advantage, yeah, that's, that's how LSU wins this game. But at the same time, Daniels isn't exactly some drop back, pick you apart passer. So it's going to be fascinating. So for the flip side of this, right, LSU defensively, uh, what are some of the changes we're going to see here under this new regime and how you think they're going to look out there in their first match appear on a, I, it's, I mean, I guess we'll call it a neutral. It's not really a neutral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think honestly, it's kind of similar, which is why, you know, I, I really like the idea of like a first half under or something like that, because I think it's similar. LSU has one of the best defensive lines in the country, or at least one of the most talented. I think they still have to kind of prove it to an extent, but, and they do have the advantage against, I think Florida state's offensive line. And, you know, it's very similarly, the main thing that you could attack with LSU is a kind of vulnerable corner position with everyone's a transfer, literally all the options are transfers. A lot of those, you know, Jerick Bernard Converse is a really good player, but you know, I don't know what to expect him with Ty Garner. I don't know what to expect of a 
an off and on injured seven banks from Ohio State. It's tricky, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if if Jordan Travis is exactly the guy to go pick you apart and really take advantage of those corners because LSU should absolutely control the line of scrimmage, should control the run game and that that box and whatnot. So I really like that defense. Like I said, I mean Mason Smith, B.J. Ojolari, um, Ollie Gay. I mean that is an elite defensive line that that could change this game. So Florida State was one of the few teams that took part in Week Zero. How much of an advantage do you think it? Is? I mean it was Duquesne, but how much do you think of an advantage do you think it is that they got the bodies warm, got out there and played competitive football? I think it is an advantage. You know, I mean, I will use the example, and obviously it's apples and oranges. You don't want to be too literal, but I'll use the example of LSU playing UCLA last year, who also played a week zero. And granted, that was that Ogeron. That was a that team kind of played like a mess all season. So I don't want to use this against LSU too strongly, but UCLA looked like the more prepared team that game, the team that you know had their ducks in a row, and LSU looked disorganized. And I think there is that risk. Now, I think Brian Kelly's a very different coach, where you probably won't see that disorganization and and a team coming out as tired as LSU looked week one. So I don't want to overplay that angle, but I think it is something. But, you know, Brian Kelly's zig to that was kind of that, you know, our advantages, you know, LSU's advantages that they haven't played. You know, that, that you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't have still monitors, especially a team with such transfers. So it does go both ways, but still, I, I, I think that is a help for Florida State. All right, so you mentioned uh, maybe looking at a first half under here uh, when it comes to this game. Does that speak to how you think this game overall is going to be played in terms of a pace and scoring standpoint? Because right now, predominant total is about 50 and a half on the board. I do, yeah. I think I think especially if it's Daniels, right? If it's mm-hmm. Nussmeier, maybe you dig out of that. But if it's Daniels, I really do think it's going to be not necessarily milk the clock, but yeah, control the tempo, control the game a little bit and put yourself in position to kind of neutralize some of those Florida State strengths and vice versa. And considering I think both defensive lines have the advantage, sure, maybe that means you actually see a lot of three and outs and maybe that messes with things, but I I think it's going to be tough to see anybody really explode in this game. By the way, you're on the right track. Some of the first half numbers, uh, at least in terms of the total, open 26 and a half or down to 24 and a half. So uh, at least the market yep. is in agreement with what you're thinking here with the first half total. <laughs> All right, let's get you out of here on this. Let's go big picture with LSU. Uh, what is your expectation for the Tigers as we move into this year with Brian Kelly? Kelly's done a tremendous job, of course, uh, in his past stops. He's actually incredible in when he is coaching as a favorite. He, I think the last time he lost outright as a, a favorite was 2017, if I remember correctly. So when he's favored, he takes care of business. But what's your expectation, big picture for a season? season for LSU in terms of a win total floating around seven. Yeah, it's so tough to an opposite. I'm going to give you an answer, but still it's so tough because it's the entire team is unknown. Yep. So it's, you know, everything is transfers. Everything is a new coach. It's, it's almost like I'd be lying, but at the same time, I think it's seven. It's like, I'd probably take that over because I'd be, sh- I'd be pretty surprised to a six and six. Am I confident eight and four? No, but I am relatively confident they get to seven. In part because the SEC seems a little vulnerable. You know, you got A and M. I'm not con- I'm not that high on. They're not like a, a you know a world beater to me. Auburn's vulnerable. Florida had a great win, but I'm still not. I still think they have a lot of flaws. You know, it's 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 kind of an SEC that's open. And you know, so I do think LSU probably gets in that seven eight zone just because of the defense just because those receivers, but I'm also the same guy who thought they'd overachieve last two years, and I was dead wrong, so maybe don't listen to me. Brody A. Miller up on Twitter. Brody, of course, covers LSU for The Athletic. Uh, Brody, we really appreciate the time today, man. Thank you very much.
Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, you got it. Again, for those who are just joining us, uh, this game center of the uh, focus of today because it's the lone college football game. Uh, but we have seen a little bit of a move here early today. This opened up LSU's minus three. It's been pretty much sitting at three for a while now, uh, but we are up to four across the board with a total of 50 and a half. And it could be on news leaking out that it looks like it's going to be Jaden Daniels. I would think that's not going to be the case. I mean, I think it's been the assumption for a while uh, that Daniels is going to be the guy here uh, and play against potentially Florida State or some news out there that we have missed up to this point. But uh, I will say this. When you look at some of the advantages here, outside of Florida State being able to play, yes, against Duquesne, but still being able to play in a Week 0 matchup, I am really interested to see how this LSU defensive front matches up with that Florida State offensive line because you know, we know that that has been a, a little bit of an issue for Florida State these last few years, and that is the one thing I think we know about LSU coming into a game like this is the fact that the Tigers, from a defensive front standpoint, are going to be very, very good and have the ability to pressure opposing quarterbacks, and that includes, of course, uh, Jordan Travis for the Florida State Seminoles. So we say, uh, look, uh, what are we talking about here? I think week zero, 8.4 yards per play, eight out of the 10 drives they scored against Duquesne. So Florida State feels pretty confident as they come into this matchup. But I do think that this is, a, even though they haven't played, a, a very much a shock to the system for what this offense is going to be like when they face off against LSU. All right. Uh, also, really quickly, an uh, update too, because this game's not until tomorrow, but worth pointing out, uh, Clemson up from a 21-point favor to 23 with a total of 51. Uh, we'll get back to plenty of college football, of course, uh, in the second hour. Mike Calabrese is going to join us, college football betting analyst for the Action Network, in a uh, little less than 45 minutes from now. On the other side, though, we get back to the National Football League, talk a little bit about what we're going to see, of course, in week one, some more of these contests and these line moves, and talk some bigger picture stuff as well, right? We talked a little bit about Buffalo and what I think about them in a big picture standpoint. Uh, let's talk about some of the teams I want to take a position on and maybe some of the undervalued teams and much more as Live Bet Sunday rolls on here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.